Hey listeners, I'm Adam, and this is Can I Ask You a Question, a podcast where anyone is welcome to join me for an episode to share their thoughts on a topic of their choice. I'm looking forward to hearing new opinions and perspectives, and hopefully becoming a bit more open-minded along the way. If you're interested in joining me for a future episode, feel free to check out the sign-up link in this episode's description. This episode is brought to you by the Everyday App. Technically, this is an ad, but the Everyday app has honestly been super helpful for me, and I wouldn't partner with a company if I didn't genuinely believe in the product. So, what does the app do? It basically helps you track your habits so that you can see your progress over time. There's a common business saying, what gets measured gets managed. Like I said, it usually applies to businesses, keeping track of things like their sales and customer satisfaction, but I think it's just as relevant for personal goals too. It sounds like a simple concept for an app, but I've personally found it to be super effective in helping create new habits. The app lets you add whatever habits you're currently working on building. For me right now, some of those include reviewing my to-do list each day uh, so that I stay on top of the things I want to get done. Another one is going to the gym, and another one is limiting my time on Twitter to five minutes a day. The app lets you add three habits for free, so you can see if you find it helpful. If you soon realize you want to track more than three habits like I eventually did, the paid version lets you track unlimited habits and has other cool features, and it's pretty good value in my opinion. There's a link in the episode description that gets you 10% off. All right, let's jump into today's conversation. Because I, lo- I love stuff like this. I always, I always find a part of me to, to just go off, but, um, but I always find the, the kind of interview-based you know, here's my expertise and my background. And let me tell you my story kind of stuff, really meh to the fact <laughs> that you're doing this. I, lo- I love the concept of this show, which is another reason I really wanted to be on it. I like Thanks. That. So I'm, I'm glad you reached out. Um, yeah. And I've, I've been checking out your podcast and really enjoying it. Um, oh, cool. Thank you. Yeah. I listened to, I think the first coaching conversation you had with Ashley. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think I'd ever heard a public coaching session like that before. Uh, and it was, it was really cool. So thank you. And I could relate to a lot of, a lot of those like insecurities about money and stuff like that. I think most people can or a lot can. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a common one. Well, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And yeah, that's exactly why I'm doing it because I think a lot of people don't know what, what coaching really is about and that's fair. Why should they? So I thought, Hey, why why not, you know, demonstrate it and show people what it looks like and what it feels like. Cool. Cool. Well, I'll put a link to it in in the episode description. Oh, thank you, I appreciate it. No Thank problem. Um, is it right if we jump into the first question? Let's do it. Yeah, let's go. Cool. cool. Okay. So yeah, the, the opening question is, is it worthwhile to hire a career coach? Okay. Uh, so the, if the way that I read the question was, do you need to have one, right? That's the way I read it. And that's how I've been answering it in my head since I saw that question. So I'm going to be a politician here and just answer it. <laughs> <laughs> answer the question I heard, not the question you asked, but I will answer that as well. And the, the, the way that I see it, my personal opinion is like no one needs, ever really needs a coach, right? It, a coach is very much, uh, in my opinion, a luxury thing that you hire when you kind of want some assistance in a direction. And the reason I say that is because, and this actually does actually kind of answer your question as well, is the coaching works for a process, at least my, my version of coaching works for a process of you already have the answer, 
you already know the answer to your own question. Whatever question you have, what kind of job should I do? What kind of environment should I work in? Um, what, what, what's the best career for me? If I put it like this, I cannot walk into, say, your life, Adam, or you, the listener. I could walk into your life and just tell you outright the answer to that question. Why? Because I just met you. I don't know everything about you. I don't, and I will not know everything about you. So for me to jump in there and go, oh, here you go. Let me tell you, this is what's good for you. That's what's good for you. Da, da, da. That doesn't work. You already have the answer. So technically, you would only want to get a coach, and it would only be worthwhile getting a coach if you don't want to go through the rigmarole and take, let's say, longer to find the answer to that question. It's in there. It's definitely in there. Because the fact that you're answering, um, you're asking that question kind of says that there is an answer that you're looking for, right? And only you can develop that answer from yourself. And maybe you're trying to look for an answer that jumps ahead. So for example, if you, I work with young people, like teenagers, and they'll say things like, oh, I can't figure out what I want to do in life. And I'm like, why do you need to figure out what the hell you're going to be doing when you're 40? You're 16. Maybe figure yeah. out what the hell you're going to do by the time you're 17. Like, let, let's not jump too far ahead here. Let's figure out what you want to do next. And, that you, and funny enough, they all have the answer to that. You know, we all know what we want to do in the next one year, two years, five years. As we get older, that, that, long, uh, that time becomes longer. So, yes, do we, do we all need a coach? No. Is it worthwhile getting a coach? Again, I think the conversation there is about suitability. So when I had a therapist, it took me, how many therapists did I see? Technically, I saw three therapists before I got the one that I stuck with, right? And it was because... I didn't know this at first, but there is a, there's a, there's the same thing with coaches. You want to be in front of someone who suits you, someone that you feel comfortable enough with to, and it sounds a little bit risky, share your deepest, darkest secrets with, right? And if you're not in front of that person, then you're not going to be able to be vulnerable enough to really dig in, to say the things that you otherwise wouldn't say, maybe even the stuff you wouldn't say to your best friend, right? And so it can be worthwhile to get a coach, but I think it's a case of being worthwhile to get the right coach. Yeah. Make sure that coach is the right one for you. Cause the other misconception is that all coaches are the same. All coaches do the same work. Uh, like all therapists, I'll just get a therapist and it'll be fine. No, you need someone who you're going to feel comfortable talking about certain things with. And that takes a trial. That's why you'll see a lot of coaches and therapists give like a free, you know, conversation at first to see if it works. Um, so actually, um, I do that as well. I'll have conversations with people before I coach them and just find out where they're at. And then I'll know whether or not they're a good fit for me and vice versa. So that's something else worth noting. Now, if you found the person, the right coach for you, who you feel comfortable with, then all that's going to happen, right, is they are going to be able to speed up the process that you would go through anyway to find the answer to the question you've asked by simply showing up a mirror to you, of course, letting you know your language, maybe the certain little throwaway comments you make. They'll really dig into who you are and just show you, show you a mirror of yourself so you can see it and go, ah, I never, I never heard myself saying that before. That answers this question. So now that I know that, what can I do with that information? And so on and so on and so on. And so with that speaking of the process, of course, then you can argue that, yes, absolutely, it's a worthwhile investment. Because instead of waiting five years working in a job trying to figure out the answer and maybe, you know, promoting yourself through that job and doing better and gaining skills, then coming to this epiphany of, ah, it makes sense now. I've been doing all this to get here. 
you can hire a coach. They could work with you for anywhere between one session to a year. And they could bring that answer to you in that space of time. So you're not going through that, that five-year span of getting the skills. And even when you put it like that, this is why I say no one needs it. Because you could ask yourself, would you rather spend five years still developing skills, still growing in your career path, still you know, growing as a human being, and then jumping to that place of answering that question? Or do you want to get it done in a year? And this is where it comes back to me saying, I don't feel anyone needs to coach. It's about how you want to go about your life and how quickly or in what way you want to go about your life. Because also there'll be things you'll learn from coaching that you may not learn in, in not coaching or not being coached, sorry. So on your, on your point about it being a luxury in a way, having yeah. a coach, and, and maybe this relates kind of to the same kind of anxieties that Ashley had in the episode that you talked about. Yeah. How, how does someone de- decide that they deserve a coach and, and they can justify spending money on it if, if it really is a luxury? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So there's so many different ways to answer that. I think, first of all, where I start with is I think, well, we do this anyway right? We don't call them coaches. And actually, it's funny, I've been saying this a lot lately because it's true. Everyone's a coach, right? Everyone can be a coach nowadays. Everyone's a coach in some facet nowadays. But actually, that's always been true. Even before coaching existed as a career, that's always been true. Because the the fabric of what coaching is, is simply asking questions that inspire the person to consider themselves more. And of course, we'll do that in our best friends, in parenting, in our siblings, in our colleagues, in our teams, in any scenario we ask. And actually, I was a waiter for 15 years before I became a coach. And it took me a while to realize that's literally all I ever did. Hey, guys, how are we doing today? What do you feel like eating today? Right? Straight away. <laughs> what, what, do you, what would you like to drink today? And it, it's stuff like that that makes them think, what would I like to drink today? And maybe maybe the answer is just like Pepsi. But sometimes they're like, hmm, you know, I'm going to break out. Let me get some water with lemon and ice. I'm just going to break out there and do something different. <laughs> but, I, you know, that, that's it. We're all doing this all the time. So actually, as well, people, people are already reaching out to those around them, okay, and going to their, their mum, dad, uncle, you know, whoever they trust. And that's the thing. This is the key. Again, whoever they feel is best equipped to help them out and whoever they feel they can trust to help them out. Now, the reason you might go to a coach is because they, of course, have developed a very specific set of skills for exactly this thing. And again, where the myth, I'll do some myth busting quickly. It's not actually in coaching. Again, this is my own perspective, and I feel this very strongly because I've become a successful coach by doing this. It's not that I'm an expert in your life or what you're trying to resolve. You are the expert. My job is getting you to realize you are the expert. I don't need to. I mean, every person I've coached is actually more successful than I am. I have no experience of things these people have experienced. So, well, that could be that could just be your definition of success, maybe. No, no, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, um, that's like, true. Don't, yeah, don't downplay yourself. <laughs> no, no, no. But no, I, I don't downplay myself at all. I don't downplay myself at all. It is merely a reflection on the fact that the, what I'm saying is these people have achieved more with what they have done 
than I have with what I would like to do, right? Okay. That's what it is. Okay. And so then I'm saying that I'm not the expert on what these people are trying to achieve. That's never my goal. And yet people still come to me because I prove that it's not about me having the life experience or so on. That's mentoring, right? That's something I'm not. Being a coach means I can help you recognize the expertise you already have that can actually help you get to where you're going. And so people, once people understand that premise of what a coach does to that degree, then of course they'll go, all right, so maybe my auntie slash uncle slash whoever, maybe they are the expert in this area and they can tell me what to do and that's great. But what if this isn't a situation where someone can tell me what to do? What if I've already reached out to all these people and they just give me the same stuff like, oh, you know, pick your chin up. It'll be all right. You'll be fine, which I've heard, you know, some people say. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. It's true, but it hasn't solved the problem. So where a coach comes in, of course, is they, they ask the question, they go, what's really wrong? What's not working about what those people are saying? What underlying issue beneath all of everything that you're actually experiencing is going on here? And let's, let's unfold and unpack that. And then let's build a future for you based on what you've realized about what you're experiencing right now. So, it, it, and also because, you know, I'm not, I'm not their friend. I'm not their partner. I'm, I'm, I have no stake in their life as it were. So actually that means that they can be brutally honest with me and I can be brutally honest with them, which is really important because sometimes a friend isn't going to tell you the thing you need to hear. You really need to hear right? To save your feelings, their feelings, etc. Whereas that's the coach's job to exactly. really tell you what's up. Um, so, and I think once people come to that awareness, that's where they'll go, do you know what? I don't need someone who's going to pat me on the back. I don't need someone who's going to, you know, give me, I've only, I'm only saying this because I just ate one, give me a Bakewell tart and, <laughs> you know, and, and just tuck me into bed and go, everything's going to be fine. It's going to be all right. Don't worry. I need someone who's going to tell me Something that lights a rocket up my ass and actually goes, that's what it is. That's what it is. Let me so, get on with myself now. So how, how, how does a person, how do you think a person should decide between a coach or I guess you spoke to the differences between a coach and a mentor a little bit, but mm -hmm. deciding between a coach, a mentor, a therapist, some combination of all those, like, yeah. what are your thoughts? How do you differentiate? Yeah. This is, I mean, you, you would need to practice self-awareness here because I've heard about, when I, when I started out in the industry, I, I did hear about people going to coaches when they need therapists. Okay. Right? So, um, so... What's the really difference? Wanna, yeah, so what... what um, this, with, you know what, actually, this has been a long-going discussion. So actually, I can't speak on this with the level of authority that leaves it as a full, full stop. I think there's ellipses at the end of every statement about the difference between coaching and therapy. So the, the, the very base way that I've looked at therapy and coaching, I went to a therapist because there was stuff in my past that was impacting my present. I go to a coach because I want what I, what I do in my present to impact my future. Now, the thing where it crosses over is that actually if I deal with stuff from my past, then that does impact my future. And if I look at what I can do in my future, it, and it has actually, <laughs> I know Rafiki in The Lion King says you can't change your past, but actually it's, it's, it's because I, it's changed the way I've looked at my past and thus reshaped the way I've seen my past. 
So they really, they, there's a, so many crossovers and gray areas. I've even heard some people say the differences are arbitrary, right? So that's where I see it. Um, because actually what I, what I feel is important to differentiate between two is because they are two different skill sets that focus on two different things, but they can cross over. A coach sometimes does need to look at the person's past to understand what's holding them back from creating their future. And sometimes a therapist will absolutely go through, you know, a person's past and say, hey, like, what can you do with this now? And get them to start thinking more forward in their life. A mentor, and, and this again is it, and I think this is, this is why coaching mentoring is so, is so common in people now. A mentor is literally an advice giver because they have done it before, Right. I can't, I cannot be a mentor for someone who wants to be a millionaire and entrepreneur. I've not done that. Right. And actually I'll be so brave as to say, that's not even my goal. That's not, I'm not trying to be a millionaire out here. So I would never be a mentor to someone who's trying to make a million pounds, dollars, whatever, because I haven't done it. How, how what can I, what information can I give them? So, so the idea of being a mentor is you really would have had to have done it first. And I think from from certain corners of coaching, I think those two again get conflated really, really heavily because of course you may have seen it yourself, Adam, like in the marketing and stuff, they're like, look at my big house, my fancy car, look at me, let me coach you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Actually, <laughs> you're gonna mentor them because you're gonna show them how you, got, how, how you got what you have so they can have it too. That's mentoring. Coaching doesn't need a big house. It doesn't need money. It doesn't, all it needs is wild, abrasive, persistent, sometimes obnoxious curiosity about a person's life so that you can show it to them. So, so actually to a degree, anyone could be a coach and actually doesn't really even need life experiences. Working with young people, um, sometimes I think that young people could actually be the best coaches in the world because they'll ask the questions that, again, can seem so naive, so simple, so obnoxious. But because of that, those are the questions that we don't ask ourselves because eventually we grow up and they can really bring things back to a base level of, wow, I'd never thought about it like that. And they'll say it to you as it is. They literally will say it to you as it is, you know, and, and it's, it's really an, uh, enlightening because it builds your level of self-awareness. And I'm only saying this from my, my experience working with young people. They're just abrasive because they, because they don't know, right? They're not fully aware yet of, a certain, you know, I want, I want to call it social etiquette, but what is social etiquette, to be honest? Um, and, and yeah, sometimes they've asked me questions and said things, and I'm like, I don't, I don't even know how to answer that. But now you've got me thinking for the next week about that question. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I would differentiate between coaching, mentoring, therapy, et cetera, et cetera. But Thanks. again, there's ellipses at the end of that. No, that's fair. Uh... So, so going back to the original question of, of deciding if it's worthwhile to have a coach, would, yeah. you say, would you say a person should just try it out and kind of not, not view in their mind that they have to commit to, you know, tons of sessions, thousands of dollars, but try it, see, and, and use, and just go based on your gut on if you're finding the sessions effective. And if they're not, that's fine. Maybe try someone else or decide it's not for you. But if you are... If you are finding that that it's valuable, then then maybe that answers your question and it's worthwhile. Does, mm. does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do I think people should try it? 
there's uh, and the reason I'm pausing is because I'm I'm looking at my bias right now, where my bias is going. Everyone should try it, <laughs> right? Everyone should try it, and it only feels biased because it's what I do, right? And it sounds like I'm trying to promote my work, but at the same time. I still hold to that because the in fact, I mean, this is all, this is such a personal answer. So I really want to make sure that's titled here. This is such a personal answer, just my own beliefs, right? I think everyone should try it because self-awareness is the most invaluable thing a person can have in regards to finding their own sense of happiness and contentedness in this life. Right. And I'm not saying coaching is the only way to do it. It's a magnificent tool to get there. But that's why I think everyone should do it. And I think that's why it could be. The only reason I, I question this is because, and again, this kind of feeds back to, it's about necessity, right? It's about whether or not a person feels they need to have a coach. It's because there will be people who don't never get a coach, who probably hate coaches, who actually still get everything they want in life, right? They, there was never a need for them to have a coach. They managed to have all the tools, all the facilities, they had access to all the books, all the learning, all the, you know, all the stuff naturally, and they got what they needed, you know, and, and the, the fine, great, happy for them, you know, more happy people in the world, fantastic. So that's where I'm kind of like on the, on, on the fence a little bit about whether or not everyone should have one, because actually there are examples where people don't need it. They're, they're fine getting what they, what they need to get. And there could be a bit of projection looking at certain people's lives and going, Oh no, you know, maybe they should get a coach. But again, it's down to their own personal uh, desire because actually there's another part of coaching. Uh, if a person doesn't want it, a coaching conversation is dead from the very start. It's completely dead. If a person's not willing to answer the questions that you are going to ask them, that gets them challenging the way they think their belief system, their language, there is no point in even beginning the conversation, right? So there is a bit of projection going, oh, but it would be beneficial for them to, you know, understand their language and maybe they could be happy and da, da. But that's only a personal need for more people to be happy. That's not necessarily, you know, uh, uh, I'm trying to think how to put it. Not necessarily, I'd say, a, an objective way of suggesting why people should have coaching and so on and so on. But I think in terms of the tools, yeah, the way it builds self-awareness, I, I strongly feel like absolutely it, it should be something that everyone should get. But I'm just aware that not everyone necessarily needs it and not everyone wants it. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on kind of the, the grass is always greener mentality that, that you can have? Do you, mm. like how often in, in your own experience coaching, do you mm. find that you're helping people realize that they can be happier and more fulfilled with what they have today versus no, there's actually something fundamentally wrong with their current situation and, and they should be trying to change their environment, whether that's mm. their, their job or relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, that okay, so there's a, there's, a, there's a deep assumption I'm feeling here when I, when I hear that. So I've got to be careful with how I answer this one. Oh, okay, let me start here. When I was, again, when I was working in restaurants, one of, the, one of the things that I'd started to realize, and I realized it in other people before myself, which I'd say 
pretty much a natural thing to take place, was that the skills that were developed in working in a restaurant, serving people, I don't care what anyone says about how they think of people doing that job. The moment you get hired in that job, you are automatically by default worth more than that job, straight away. Because the skills required in that job are applicable in so many other places that pay more money, right? And so I started on this track of exactly what you're saying, the grass is greener. You can all do better than this. All of you can do better than this. And it's not to put down restaurant work. It's more of a case of empowerment of you can do better than this. You can earn more than this. You can have more than this. And it's not that there's anything wrong with this. You could have more if you wanted to. And I think that's, there we go, I just said, I think that's the thing is if you wanted to, right? And of course you can ask and you can go into that space of why do you not want to? Sometimes it's a case of maybe it's because that's not actually what you want. There's a great big, uh, there's a, still a big assumption out there that everyone wants a million pounds or dollars. Everyone wants the big house. Everyone wants the mansion. We all want to be filthy, disgusting, rich. We all want to be famous. We all want to be Instagram models, apparently. <laughs> you know, we all want to be all, and that's the assumption. That's the narrative that's running through. But no, not at all. Some people, what they want is to have, funny enough, the most run-of-the-mill, you know, two kids and a dog, two cars and a job. That's a dream. That is a dream for some people out there. That is exactly it. I don't want to be bothered by no one and I don't want to bother no one because I just want my family and a comfortable life. That is it. That is the dream. And so I think it's about really figuring out what that green grass actually looks like, first of all, right? Is it actually working as a farmhand? Is it actually, you know, working in uh, investment banking? Is it actually working in Navy SEALs? Is it pet grooming? What is it, right? And then, of course, from there, how can you continue to feed that grass so it only gets greener while you're in that field? That's the field. That's it. The grass is greener on that side. Go to that side. Now feed it. Make that the greenest grass you've ever seen, right? So I guess, for me, go on. Sorry, yeah. What, what I meant by grass is, is always greener on okay. the other side is uh, like sometimes we can have the mentality that, oh, the next job is going to be better. The next whatever. When, when in reality, uh, you know, the job we have may, might be pretty good and maybe we're just – we're, we're, we're nitpicking like, like no, no job is going to be perfect necessarily. Mm. Um, maybe you could disagree, but that I'm just, that, that's what I meant by it is like, how do you okay. decide whether, whether maybe I just need to change my perspective on mm -hmm. my current situation and I can actually yeah. find, discover a lot more happiness and satisfaction what I currently have Yeah. versus no, you know what? It's actually not a good job, and I, I should I should try for more. Because yeah. to your point around, you know, there's been studies around uh, money and how happy people are, for instance. And mm -hmm. beyond like seventy five thousand dollars, they found there's like really no relationship between making more money and being more happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But oftentimes we still we still want more even though maybe it's not actually gonna, we're, we're, for some reason we're maybe wrong about 
thinking it's gonna make us happier when maybe it's not yeah okay no, i hear you right so so it's almost um and uh, yeah so okay no i hear what you're saying this comes back to for me it still speaks to what i said about basically establishing what a person actually wants right that's it so do you because, find that what a person wants sometimes changes like from when you first talk to them and then they reflect and it's actually oh something else that they really want Actually, I'll give you an example. The latest episode of my podcast, um, and this is a lame plug, but this is actually a direct example. Direct example. So you, you'll get to hear it. When I start the conversation, the guy wants to understand why he's frustrated that people say no to him. Not no as in, you know, straight away no. They'll say yes to his services, and they'll say yes and yes, but then at the last minute they'll cut out. Right. He, wa- he, wants, he wants to know why it frustrates him so much. And we have a whole conversation about it. Now, as we talk, it turns out what he actually wants is to not be working as hard as he is. Right. Mm. Funny enough, he's frustrated that people are giving him less work to do. But actually what he wants is to do less work. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Again. That's that self-awareness element. What do I really want? That, that's actually one of the toughest questions to answer. One of, what do I really want? You could ask people that, right? And you can have what feels like a bit of a cookie cutter answer each time, right? But when you ask them for what, why, what is it you're looking for? What does that do for you? A lot of the time, people won't be able to answer that question because only because they haven't really considered it to that level, right? They'll give you the, oh, I just want to have, you know, enough money to chill and I just want to have, you know, my own place and I just want to da, da, da. But can they go into the details of exactly why they want those things? Because behind, of course, you know, behind that desire is what it will do for them. And once they get to that level of clarity, then suddenly it becomes this place of, I'll, when I get there, that's it. Not that, not that, of course, they shouldn't be in any turmoil before they get there. Naturally, the journey is to be enjoyed. But the journey to this place of contentedness, the journey to this place of this is what I'm going for. And then, what, of course, again, once it's achieved, and this will be why, um, I will speak on this, this will be why in many areas you'll see people reach a certain point of their life. And I want to say stagnate. It could almost be why there's like a midlife crisis. This is, this is, conje- this is complete speculation, by the way, so I'm not... Trying to speak any truth to this for fact, but I feel like this could be the reason for midlife crisis. You've done everything you needed. To, you've got a career. Well done. You've got a partner. Well done. You know, not slap on the wrist. What is it? Pat on the back. Yeah. The wrist. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you've done it. You've got a career. You've done well. You're now a you're now a leader. You know, you're a manager, and you've got kids. Congratulations. You've got car and finance. Well done. You're paying off your more. Everything is exactly the way it needs to be. Congratulations. However. This isn't actually what you wanted, was it? You haven't asked yourself what you really wanted. So now you're in midlife. You've done it all. So why the hell has everything gone wrong? Crap, I better do something drastic. I don't know what's <laughs> happening, so I better do something drastic. And bear in mind, I'm, I'm wanting to catch a bias. I'm not just talking about um, men here. You know, this can happen to any person. Any person, they can go through a certain... And I, I actually, I would even say it happens at different stages. Some people can be at 25 and get to that place. Some people could be later, 60, 65. They can get there and suddenly go, what the hell have I done for the last 65 years? But that's it. It's, it that's the question that burns beneath 
everything. What do you really want? The sooner you get to that answer, the more time you can spend enjoying your life by A, working towards the thing you really want and knowing that that can be a reality. So that's why I think people do this grass is always greener because they're only operating. And again, a bit of speculation here, a bit of projection. They're only operating from a place of what I believe I'm supposed to want, not what I actually want. And there's also that narrative of how money has no end. Excuse me, there's, there's no limit. There's no, there's no cap, right? There is no cap on money. So of course, if, you, if your goal is to get money, there is no end to that. It continues to go and go and go. And people will probably have heard about that before. I, I designed a way to put a cap on it and I call it the live shopping list. So when you ask yourself what you really want, you know, go through the shopping list. What do you want? How much is it going to cost you? There you go. Done. <laughs> <laughs> why do you, why do you need more than that? Why do you need more than that? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anymore, you know, you can create foundations, create charities, donate, whatever. Um, but it, and it's, if you happen to be earning more than that, fantastic. Spread it around, share the wealth because you've got everything you wanted. Yeah. So why, why do you need more? Yeah. I, I, I find some of those studies around, uh, the relationship between money and happiness and that it peaks at a certain Mm. point. I I find that very refreshing. Um, and yeah, I think it's a good check. Like if I ever get to a point in life where I'm still craving more and I just a reminder that, you know, hold on a sec, is this actually gonna make me any happier? Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think you can ask yourself an open-end question. It's not, is this going to make me happier? It's actually asking, what is that actually going to do for me? And not in a practical sense, in an emotional sense. Then what do you mean by that? So, so for example, um, what, would be, what would be something that you could picture yourself by? Let's say you got your 75 grand, you're good, right? Yeah. But you suddenly got a paycheck bonus at work for $20,000, right? I don't know where you work, but apparently it's great. So, <laughs> so, so you have 20 grand. What's something that you would buy? Tell me that, that might a little bit, a little bit extravagant, a little bit extra. What's something you'd buy? Oh, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe like a big vacation. Maybe um, this is going to cost a lot more money, but like, I have a dream of having like a, a cottage or something like that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Does that answer your question or no? Oh, we'll see. Okay. So <laughs> you, said, you said big vacation first. Where would you go? I don't know. Maybe, maybe a safari in, in Africa. Cool. Why there? Um, I am doing this now, by the way. So I'm sorry. I just jumped into it. I didn't. Yeah, no, no, that's that. okay. Uh, I really like nature and wildlife, uh, and I, I feel I feel as though Africa would be just a, a very different experience from all the other places I've visited. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's quite expensive uh, mm-hmm. if if you want to do, or or I feel like it can be quite expensive if you want to do like a. Okay, so I'll pause you there, Adam. So yeah. in, in terms of again, you like nature, cool. You love that stuff. What does that do for you? I feel I feel good when I'm in nature. Um, I feel good. I find when I'm traveling and exploring, I'm more present. Mm-hmm. And when I'm more present, I'm generally happier. Okay. Yeah. All right. So again, actually, you say Africa, though. Um, you said it was because it was different. 
Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, there are many other places. So why specifically Africa? Um, well, I, I've had like fr some friends and family go there and really like it. Uh, and like, like I said, I think it's, it's, it's just very, very different from, from some of the other places I've traveled. Yeah, there, 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 there are other places that interest me too. That's just one place that came to mind. One, one area. Okay, so yeah. let's, go, let's go with your ideal then. Because you said there's other places. What's your ideal? What's the, what's the spot for you to go to? I think, I think a safari in Africa, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so then you went to a place that it makes you present and you're happier when you're present. Yeah. Okay, so this is the difference now. This is what we're going at. The difference between a practical thing, because the practicality of it is, oh, I go to, I go to, go to the safari in Africa, I think it'd be cool. Okay, why? Well, you know, it's nice to get away, isn't it? It's lovely. <laughs> it's nice. To, and then people told me it's nice, so I'll go there. <laughs> but suddenly what you're looking for is not a chance to, you know, go somewhere nice. You're look, that's where you go for your happiness. That's where you go for presence. Yeah. Right? And that's a different way of looking at why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Okay? And making sure it's not just because, you know, other people have gone there. Because maybe, maybe they're looking for something. They found something else from the experience that they enjoyed. And yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So you're going, you're going to a different level there, right? Yeah. Of understanding what it is. Yeah. Because if, again, if we're not answering that question appropriately, we're doing stuff because we're like, oh, I guess because, eh. and we might not really know exactly what it's doing for us. Right. Yeah. So I, I like, I like, I appreciate you doing this exercise. So what I'm taking away from this is if I have something that I feel like I really want, just maybe spend a bit more time reflecting on what is it about it? and kind mm -hmm. of forcing myself to ask myself the tough questions about making sure what I'm the reason, the reason I really want something is a, is a good one maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. And this, I mean, this is, it's one of those checked, uh, it's, I, I can hear actually in my head. It's funny. I hear perhaps the listener going, but that's ridiculous. Surely if you want something, just get it. Like, you know, if you can have it and you can get it, why not? And that can apply in certain things. I'm sure Adam, there are things that you already know you love that you will absolutely do. If you want to go and kiss your girlfriend, go and you know, stop and go, yeah. why? Why would I? Let me just think <laughs> what going to do. <laughs> of course, there's going to be that. But there are certain decisions, yes. Maybe I think the ones that definitely need pause are ones that maybe feel like they come out of the blue. You know, because also the other thing, and this, this is it. I, I do this, this, this conversation with students as well. And it won't surprise you, but every time I ask, what do you want? They're, they're, well, I want to have a million pounds, right? Okay, cool. Wait, wait. What are you going to buy? Two cars, like a Bugatti and this and that. I'm like, okay, why? And, and you know, we'll go into it. Why? What is it about? What do you want? What, what is that money going to give you? And so far, this is just a couple of answers I can bring it down to. And they haven't said this to me. This is my own estimation is that, one, they want freedom, right? That's what money buys, freedom. The ability to buy things when you want it, go where you want, do what you want. And naturally, as a teenager, that's going to be quite a big instinctive sensation, right? So that will be it. They want freedom. So actually, if you gave them, and, and interestingly, in my work, when I work with young people, when you take away rules, some of them, of course, will act out. Some of them actually respect you a lot more when you're far more lenient with the rules, when you're less strict, because that's what they're looking for. They're looking for an ability to just express, to be themselves, to be free of whatever restrictions are upon them. Yeah. So that gets that answer. And actually what it does is it goes, what you're looking for 
you may not have to work that hard to earn that much money to get it, right? Yeah. Um, the, the other one, of course, can be that they came from, unfortunately, a background where they didn't have a lot of money, where they know what it's like to struggle paycheck to paycheck, where some days food isn't on the table because they don't have the money for it. So, of course, they're, what they are looking for is stability, right? That sense of knowing. And again, another great way of having stability is to have a lot of money so that you know 100, 500% that you are always going to be able to have food on the table. Makes sense. Have you, have, you found that, have you found that being the feeling of being respected is, is often at the root of, of people's things? I can, where I'm going with that is in this example, maybe Please. having a million pounds means that uh, you have status. And if you yes, have thank status, you. then you have yes in society. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that can be another one, of course. Yes, it's the element of status and, and, and feeling like the more. And that, that can also come from an element of coming from a, a background of not having because society does and sadly have this narrative that if you don't have money, you are not worth anything. And it, it upsets me beyond belief because some of the greatest things that have come out of hu the human race have come from people who have had nothing. Some of the greatest thinkers in history, you know, would basically would live like homeless people. They didn't have millions. And yet we live in the foundation of some of the things that they thought and taught. So, it's yeah it's unfortunate but of course that can feel very overwhelming and very it could be a heavy weight to bear when you feel like the world thinks nothing of you because you have nothing and so that can turn into a place of i'm going to make sure i have everything and then the world will see me yeah so that's what i mean and that's what i mean it's for, for me it's estimations and it's only a few of the reasons but that's absolutely another one so they can set they, so what they want is loads of money they want nice cars, fancy houses, and da da da. But look at the number of answers that you can get out of that initial, initial answer, right beneath the surface. And when you bring it down to that level, suddenly that can be attained. All of those things can be attained, and you don't have to wait a second. Yeah. Right? You can get it now. You might already have it. Cool. Uh, so. It, for for people who are who are debating kind of where to spend their money, so the, let's say someone wants to spend money on personal development, and mm. you could that could come in the form of books. You could be buying books or audiobooks. You could mm. be signing up for different courses, mm -hmm. or you could get like a, a a life coach or a personal coach. How do you? What are your thoughts on deciding between those? Ideally, maybe you, you can you can have them all. But I guess everyone only's got so much money and so much time. How do you how do you think about like trade offs between those? Would you suggest someone kind of tries them all and sees what they find most valuable? Hmm. Bear with me. Sorry, I'm actually I'm thinking to myself. What I what I I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a politician on this answer again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem. I'm going to answer the question I heard, not the question you asked. Yeah, no problem. Um, this comes back to an element of self-awareness. Because for me to say, and even for me to say how I've done it, it doesn't really offer a great bit of advice. And this is, it comes right back to the thing about giving advice. 
right? You, I don't know your life, listener, I don't know your life. Me saying what I could, how I could answer this as any kind of recommendation could be null and void. I would say, what are you willing to spend at this time on personal development? Are you willing to spend thousands of pounds on one-to-one intense coaching? Cool, great. Are you willing to spend $5.99 a month on an Audible subscription where you can get loads, loads of information on this stuff, but you are on your own in applying it? Are you willing to spend $30, £30 a month to join some intensive group on Facebook or in real life on Meetup that you can work at? What are you prepared to spend? And that, and, and that, that, when I say that, that is in regards to the percentage of your income. Not a big, not a big kind of, you know, if you don't have the money, then screw it. You have, you, you, you're out because you can't spend five grand on a masterclass over the course of a year. No. What percentage of your income are you willing to spend on your personal development? Because what I really don't want and what I really don't like is the assumption that you have to spend tens, hundreds of thousands of pounds of dollars on yourself to get any sort of personal development that's worthwhile. I, I really don't want to say that because what it suggests is that if you are a person, right, I, I even speak to you, listener, right now, if you're a person who's in a position where you can afford thousands of pounds worth of personal development stuff, there are books, audio books, there are forms, there are free webinars, there are so many resources that are genuinely really, really helpful. Truly, truly helpful. And in some degree, like I said before, not everyone gets a coach. Some of those people may have just read some of those books. Some of those people may have literally just read some of those books, listened to a couple of audio books, and, and you know, things have gone fine. Some. Some. Um, it depends on where you're at. If you feel like you can go alone, go alone. Take the audio books. Apply it yourself. Try it out. Give it go, you know? If you want the assistance, if you want someone, an accountability person, if you really want someone to show you who you are, get a coach, right? But again, it's got to be a percentage of your, your paycheck. No one should be putting themselves out of pocket for this because the, the, uh, the, the part that gets missed out is that people will say, I've had, and I've actually, and it's upsetting, I've heard coaches say this, and it's really worrying. The people, coaches have said, oh, they've taken out loans to work with me. You know, they've gone into, they've taken finance payments out to work with me, da, da, da. And I'm like, people should not be putting themselves out financially to, put, to be in personal development. One of the biggest reasons why is someone, from me personally as well, being in debt puts so much strain on the on the mind on the body on the rest on the peace on everything and so if you're trying to make yourself better while also putting yourself under a weight of debt of any sort that's not a great way to go if it's manageable debt if you're in debt you're managing it it's fine cool hey that's great but to put yourself into any sort of place where you feel like you're going to struggle to pay that money back don't even don't even and i really feel that's important to say because i've I think it, it's all a case of where you're at, what do you feel is best for you and what you can afford. Um, and, and maybe it's a personal thing. I think, I think uh, for a while at first I spent time thinking, oh, I'm never going to be able to do those, you know, 10, 30 grand masterclass coaching sessions or, you know, masterclasses. So I'm never going to be a coach. It's not going to work out. And yet here I am. So, so you know, it's, it's kind of a case of going, mm, yeah, where are you at? 
What's going to be good for you right now? And that, of course, requires that extra level of deeper thinking of going, I need this because, and it requires self-awareness. You know, but everyone could say, oh, I need to be, I need to go for those £5,000 um, training courses in order to start this new career I'm on. I've got to do that. You know, I'm going to go back to university or da, da, da. Hey, a book can cost $10. Maybe sometimes it'll be 50, right? But how much money have you not spent by getting the book and reading it half an hour a day, you know? And in terms of personal development, same thing, right? No one, no one is cut out from access to the, to the resources that they need in the place that they're at. No one is cut out. For, for people who, who can afford a coach, but mm-hmm. haven't, haven't gotten one yet, yeah. how, mu- how much of it do you think is maybe a view from them that uh, it's not going to be valuable, it's not going to be worthwhile to them, mm-hmm. versus how much of it might be around um, some fear of being looked at? Let's say they share with others that they have a coach. Do you think mm-hmm. there's any fear around people saying, oh, you don't have things figured out for yourself. Does, it, does, does that make sense? Like, do you find that, do you think that plays a role in people not wanting a coach is they don't want to be viewed as someone who doesn't have their life figured out and needs, needs. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Does that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I, I'll say right here, man, no one has it figured out. No one has it figured out. I agree with you. I, I, I personally agree with you, but I wonder no, sure. how much is that playing in people's minds? I do, no, I think, I think, no, I think that does play a role. I, I, of course, people will not want a coach because, um, and they will say things like, oh, no, I'm fine. No, I'm good. And, you know, I, I understand exactly what they mean, but I'm thinking, <laughs> I never said you weren't. <laughs> there was no, there was no uh, assumption that you weren't okay here. Just an offer. Excuse me. So yeah, I think there is a stigma behind people not wanting a coach because they don't want to. They don't want to look like they don't want help. They like they need help. Okay. So, but that's that's a great sign as well. Um, again, going back to something I said earlier, coaches also need to know that they can work with their client. Right. A coach's ultimate job is to become redundant. You know, like like yes, it's a luxury, but almost to the point where. You know, actually, I don't really, I don't need you that much anymore. We're fine. Maybe we'll have a catch up once a year. That's it. You know? So for that to happen, the person needs to go through the work. They need, they need to be the ones to reflect. They need to be the ones to go inwards to work on that. And so if you have someone who has that perspective on coaching, great. Because that's an immediate sign that that person, the coach is like, okay, great. This isn't going to work. <laughs> fine. It's the same as when you walk into, let's say, a bathroom store and the person comes up, hey, can I help you with anything? No, I've already got a bar, thanks. Right, okay. So <laughs> I guess, uh, fine, the conversation's had, we're done here. It's a similar, similar thing. Like, you don't need, the, you don't need it. Okay, yeah. no worries. People, people need, to, they need to want to be helped, right? They have, well, they have to. They have to want to be. That's it. They have to want to be. Because, again, I mean, even here, if... if and I feel bad because I didn't ask permission to go through this question. So I apologize for that, Adam. But nonetheless, if you weren't prepared or you not interested in going to an emotional place of any sort, we would not reach the, the end of that conversation. Yeah. And it would have got awkward because you'd have been <laughs> like, why is he suddenly asking me to do this right now? <laughs> right? So uh, uh, for people who don't agree with coaching or feel like it's, it's a fear or something like that, they don't need it. Fine. Fine. If, if, of course, I would hope that 
their opinion or perspective was changed at a certain time. But again, that hope is minimal because uh, I can't I can't sit here hoping that other people will change. <laughs> it's a waste of so many people's time. So yeah, that's that's really how I feel about it. Like, cool, okay, we're not going to work together. Great. Any any books or or resources or videos you often recommend to people around around this? Whether it could be anything, whether like how how someone should think about whether or not they should get a coach or anything around like self-improvement or personal development so it's uh, funny because you mentioned this and there's one book that i read years ago and it's still i'm holding it in my hand and i've still got the notes i wrote in it and it really changed it's not really it's an interesting sort of personal development i think this book is great for for people who aren't comfortable having having their mindset challenged but want, want their mind, they want to change, but they're not comfortable with having a challenge. This book is phenomenal called Do You Think What You Think You Think? I like that. It's an exercise book, right? It's got reading in there as well, but it's got some exercises. You answer them and it tells you all about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I really love, I actually wanted to go through it again because I was thinking, you know, how, how have I changed since the first time I did this? But I was welcome for the, for the, the read this book gave of me, actually. This book read me and it was, it was really impressive. So that's one that I would suggest. Another one, um, in terms of, I mean, I, I guess, because like, we were talking about career coaching, right? So I think in that regard, I wouldn't say that I have any books personally, but I've read, well, heard actually. I'm not much of a reader, I listen. I'm, audi- I'm an audible person myself. Me too. I love listening to books. So things like Sell or Be Sold um, by Grant Cardone. I really, I only really enjoyed that book because it just, it fired me up. I wouldn't say there's many great tools in there to be really frank, but it just fired me up. Just got me feeling good about the day. A lot That's of the time. funny. Funny you say that because, uh, one of his books also the 10 X rule yeah. I read once and that also really fired me up. Yeah. <laughs> I find, I find often with books, it's, oftentimes like people will have different experiences with it and maybe it's yeah. kind of just where your mindset is when you happen to be reading that book like i could maybe read that book now and if i'm not in the same mindset it wouldn't have the same impact but Absolutely. anyways it's funny it's funny you say that because yeah i also found that one of his books really fired me up too yeah yeah he's a, i think he's a fantastic motivational speaker but in terms of the information it's just i mean that's that's obviously for people who pay him directly for what he does so that's fair totally yeah. fair um then another one brendan brashard high performance habits phenomenal phenomenal book um really really like that and i know that he talks about high performers but actually i i, I mean it's funny I, I don't know i consider my i don't consider myself a high performer but even then the seven rules of high performance he puts in that book are easily applicable and really, really give you a very good grounded element on how you can change your, your day-to-day routine to be more effective for you achieving what you want to achieve. I think that's a really good book, really good. And then I would say The Power of Vulnerability by Brene Brown. Absolutely adore her work. Her work is, is phenomenal, really good. Then what? I mean, I, I mean, I can actually feel like getting my phone out and looking through because I, I listened to a few. Um, I think what is it? Not the power of forgiveness. There's a book on forgiving by Desmond Tutu, which I thought was very, very good. And I think that helps in regards to 
we carry a lot of stuff around. And again, actually, I had a conversation again with someone about um, what they were struggling with. And it came up that it was in their childhood. And I know people don't like going back to their childhood. It's very cliche sometimes. But actually, that's it's so important. We, we, we are literally traumatized throughout our childhood and not with a capital T, like, you know, bad stuff does happen to us, which can happen. But growing up is traumatic. Experiencing new feelings, right? Going through new sensations, experiencing what we now consider to be those normal thing in the world for the very first time can be terrifying, right? So it's traumatic, the whole process is. And heaven only knows what we've experienced in our childhood that leads us into adulthood and taking carries us into adulthood. And we continue to carry that stuff around. I think the, the forgiveness or forgiving, I think it's called, by Desmond Tutu, I think just alleviates some of that. And it certainly was very cathartic for me to just let some of that stuff go that I was hanging on to, that I wasn't even aware I was hanging on to, um, that just allowed me a bit more freedom to move forward. And I think that's still important um, because there's, there's many things that we do, and I say we on purpose, because I'm still involved in it. There's so many things that we do that we're not aware that we're doing that are a simple reaction to trauma we've experienced in our, in our younger years, that some of which we may not even have, have remembered experiencing. Hmm. So forgiving is another really good one, I think, in terms of personal development. I think Thanks that's for, I'm I don't want to tell people the wrong name. Of that, <laughs> so pardon me. I'm listening. Go. <laughs> well, you, if you want, if you want afterwards, Daniel message, uh, send me the name of the title if it's different and I'll put it yeah. in the, in the description. Okay, sure. right. In, in closing, anything, anything you kind of hoped we were going to chat about, uh, that we didn't, or any, any questions you were kind of anticipating or hoping were going to be asked that didn't No. No, no, okay. nothing. No, you, you, you did it all, Adam. <laughs> you actually, no, you asked more questions than I was expecting. I, you know, I guess we did, but I was, I was thinking like, this is the question that we are going to talk about. And there's no more questions. <laughs> this, but no, it's great. This is cool. And yeah, more than, I, more than I expected. So thank you. Cool, no problem. Hope I didn't throw you off with, with the no. other questions. No, not cool. at all. Well, it's been a pleasure. Uh, and indeed. Thank you, Adam. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks again for tuning in to Can I Ask You a Question? If you liked this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you left a rating on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever you're listening from so that more people like you can discover it. Also, it'd be super helpful if you'd be willing to leave some feedback on any ideas you have for improving future conversations using the link in this episode's description. Thanks again and see you next time.